And we are live with Spot Dodge, a live Nintendo podcast. I am not Brett Medlock. I am Greg Vargas, a.k.a. Dynamite Giraffe, filling in for my little fella wherever he's at. I hope he's doing well. And I'm joined by my favorite cast of people to meet with every week right here on the Destructoid uh, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitch if we're live there. I don't know if we are, actually. Um, but you can find us here every Tuesday at 6 p.m. CST. And this week, uh, like I said, I'm joined by my favorite cast of people here. Uh, we've got John Frischa, indie developer and managing editor over at The Escapist. How are you, John? Golly gee, I'm just so happy to be here chatting with you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was going to curse, but I, I decided to hold that for later in the show. <laughs> but I'm glad you're here. Cool. I, we're we're, ha just, we're, I mean, we're happy you're here. We're on TikTok and YouTube. Come on. <laughs> and then next up we've got mary stowe social media manager over at destructoid how are you mary i'm good how are you i i am glad you are here i i bring i wanted to bring the same excitement john had but i could not find a bone in my body to make my mouth move that way <laughs> and find the excitement no excitement <laughs> and lastly, we have the dad, the Dilf, the guy with the black eye himself. We have <laughs> Brett Larson over here. And for uh, for those who don't know, uh, he got in a bar fight this last week. And honestly, like you should see the other girl. I looked her ass. <laughs> <laughs> Do not mess with me in the bar. <laughs> oh, How are you doing? Tonight, I wish Brett? Greg. You did, okay, I was going to say you didn't ask me how I was doing, but but now you did. Um, I I'm not doing very good for two reasons. Number one, any time any day that I'm not on a podcast with Brett Medlock is a bad day. Number one. Number two, um, he kind of talked me into. Okay, so as you guys know, I was growing out the mustache for a little while. It's kind of like a joke, and it was Brett that kept like saying, "Keep it, keep it, keep it." So I kept it for a while, and I'm like, "Okay, I can't do it anymore." So then he's like, he's like, hey, if I could grow facial hair, thing. I would do like the 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 five o'clock shadow. He's like, you should do that, like the the Jake Gyllenhaal is what he called it. <laughs> so I did the five o'clock shadow for him. Today. Wait, which which Jake Gyllenhaal? Like Brokeback Mountain, the five Jake Gyllenhaal? No, not Brokeback Mountain, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. God damn it! <laughs> like like badass Jake Gyllenhaal. Not that okay? there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's I'm badass. Saying, he's no. just a badass actor. <laughs> I get, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is a badass. Anyways, I've been throwing out the five o'clock shout out for him, waiting to show him, and then he's not even here. So, you know, he just uh, this is all for you, Brett. All for you, and you didn't even show up. He's probably here in spirit. I mean, I can feel a rant coming on at any moment now. Might be watching. I can. Uh, I'm pulling out a soapbox just for him to stand on. I'm just um, waiting for a little but... window to open up. Hey, I'm here. I'm taking over. <laughs> 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 what did where did he go? Didn't he go on vacation? And he he sent he sent in his own rant. Yeah, for us to play. That's right. <laughs> what a scumbag! That's such a correct thing to do. <laughs> that right? was great. I loved it. Uh, that's, awesome. that's probably what you know. What I'm just gonna take a moment and say that's that's what I love most about Brett and probably not Brett Larson, F you man, but Brett Medlock. <laughs> why you know we clicked probably immediately is like we share like a very dumb sense of humor and he's very creative and the things that, you know, he says and, and uh, our, our love for Seinfeld, I think is where, where our minds kind of meet. So I'm really sad that he's not here to be honest, but 
especially the dogs coming in and barking at random moments in the the air conditioning starting and uh, <laughs> kids making noise the dog and his microphone going out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. we do have a couple topics to get through tonight. Uh, you know, it's it's the same go around. You know, it's been this is a live Nintendo podcast. However, Nintendo has been depriving us of the news. We've been patiently waiting for things to happen. Um, and Eric, we did not forget you. I want to give a shout out to Eric, the main man with the big plan with his giant computer who's managing this entire podcast. We appreciate you. We thank you. We are going to sacrifice our firstborns for you. So thank you. And the random automobiles that drive by while you are doing the show. Well, I already have two kids. So can I sacrifice my third born for him? <laughs> I can't. Kind of, if you would like, wow. They're kind of attached to the first two now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I kind of like my day first two now. So. As, as long as it's legal in your state, go ahead. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so we've got a couple topics to get through. Like I said, it's been pretty light on Nintendo news. I know one of the biggest things we've been waiting for, at least something coming for some sort of um you know nintendo direct or some mini direct or um you know just a morsel of information other than random trailers that drop and tell us that bayonetta is releasing in a couple months you know we like i think everybody here is wanting something a little bit more substantial um but one of the things we are going to talk about briefly is the pokemon event that is happening tomorrow on the third um, but first and foremost, we are going to get a big chunk of this out of the way. So I don't know if you've heard about this game. It's the third installment in the franchise. I actually, not an RPG fan, but I have dipped my toes into the Xenoblade Chronicle waters. And I can say for myself that there is no wonder why this fr franchise keeps getting installments and why the story continues on. But I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Indie Developer boss-saga.com over here, John Frischa, to talk a little bit about Xenoblade Chronicles 3 that he has been playing this last week. John, take it yeah. away. <laughs> oh, why, why, thank you, good sir. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> last Friday, the game finally came out, and I, uh, I've, I've kind of developed a love-hate relationship with this series, as I've discussed in previous episodes, in that I really, really, really liked the original Xenoblade, eventually. And that's its own separate story. But I really like that one. Then on the Wii U, there's Xenoblade Chronicles X, which is crazy nonsense, and the story is garbage, but the exploration is so much fun that it still holds up. And then there's the second one, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And I didn't really like that game. Like it, every a lot of people love that game. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Not me. Um, I think that so one coming was coming into this game, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think that was his favorite. favorite. Yeah, it's funny because you guys were like so hot and cold in different ways on on the first. Yeah, two. yeah, for sure. What 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 did you dislike most about it? Uh, like the story just didn't like really where... grab me like the first ones did, mm -hmm. and. And the combat kind of felt like more of the same, especially after playing two other games, the first one and X. Like, it felt it felt really similar, and also it felt slow to me, too. Like, the combat does not feel very fast in these games, because, again, it it feels like it was like, a, like an offline MMO. Like, you walk, you attack the thing, now it's got to recharge. 
Now I'm attacking again. Recharge. Attack. Like, and that's that's the game, you know, with a little bit of a simplification, but that is the game, and that's the game for like three games in a row. Um so with three, I'll be honest with you, the first few hours of three, my initial impression was oh god, it's more Xenoblade. <laughs> this thing that you spent sixty dollars on. Get, it's you more guys... of the thing I just spent sixty dollars on. It was man, my you worst really fear me on the franchise now. <laughs> yeah, I haven't started it we're, yet. I'm like, we're waiting for the positives, John. We're waiting for mm-hmm. the positives. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. So okay. And so this is this is why I really wish that Brett was here because you know Brett's the other person who's like actually playing this with me. But so I'm kind of a kind of a solo act at the moment. So. Uh, but all of our listeners tuning in, by all means, um, yell your disagreement with me, and I'll uh, we'll read it out loud on the show because it'll be fun to have people angry at me, even though I really like this game. So we're getting around to it. We'll yeah. get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I I welcome your anger because it'll make the show better. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> so the first few hours, it was indeed this same combat again of stand behind the monster, stab it in the back, wait a few seconds, stab it in the back again. Don't stab it from the front; that'll be less damage. Walk around it, stab go, yeah. it in the back. It's like I wanted to die, and <laughs> fitting because the story is about dying. But uh, then the game finally forces you to use some other characters, and it gradually makes you realize, like, oh, hey, this time they added stuff to make it good. And it was exciting. <laughs> um, so, like, in this game, they kind of, uh, to, to simplify, they kind of drew some, like, Final Fantasy V-ish elements in the sense that uh, you can kind of mix and match your classes now. Usually characters don't really have a class in the first place, you know, throw a few asterisks in there. But uh, in this game, there's lots of different unlockable classes and you you can master them and then you can pull some abilities to then combine with whatever your next class is. And you can even combine the abilities themselves. So you're basically doing like two attacks at once for like extra damage and stuff. And like... It's way too complex to like waste time just talking about each individual mechanic here. But the bottom line is, this is the best this combat has ever been by like a mile. Like this is the best I can like envision this kind of combat being. Like this, this like recharge based, like placement based combat. Like it's actually kind of fun now. Um, that being said. For all the hard work they put into like adding real strategy to this game, you don't really need it. <laughs> like all the other games in this series, if you're just a higher level than whatever it is you're fighting, you win, and like that's it. So like you don't strategy's like not that important unless you really need it to be. But um, that also kind of plays to the game's strengths. So I've put like a stupid amount of hours into this game already, just because like I got How addicted to stupid? it. Um. I forget, like I, I want to say I'm like approaching around 35 hours or something since Friday. Oh, okay. Which, yeah. Oh, so hey, I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's Friday. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, who, who needs to like, eat? Who needs life? Right. Who needs sustenance? Like, yeah, like Saturday and Sunday, I just kind of played this game for the most part, you know. But, uh, so yeah, like so that, yeah. So the game, I looked it up. This game is seven chapters. I'm like pretty early on in chapter four. 
the story missions expect you to be like level 30, 31 or whatever. My characters are level 48. So I can steamroll absolutely everything in the main story. But the game is like, it was really cleverly designed in the sense that it gives you this gigantic starting area and you can go through the path and there's no problem and everything's the level it's supposed to be more or less. But directly adjacent to all of this stuff is these massive optional areas, frankly too large. But then all of a sudden, everything's like 10 levels higher than you, 20 levels higher than you. And there's little things to discover there to get you extra experience, little side quests here and there that you can poke into if you feel like it. And I just kept doing them. And like before I knew it, all of a sudden, I'm like 15 to 20 levels higher than like everything else. And the game was designed so that you can do that if you want. And if you don't want to be bothered with any of that, you can do that because all of the story stuff is at like a realistic level. So I'm I'm really impressed with how this game's been designed to cater to like two completely different kinds of players, like people that want to see everything and people that just want the story. And you can have a satisfying experience with either one. Don't so, feel so if you like... go to like the, the oh go ahead, Brett. No, you're good. You good. Oh, I was going to say if you so if you go to the adjacent areas and you do, you know, complete some of those challenges, do do you feel like that it it levels your character up too quickly or do, is it really like grueling enough battles where there's challenge there that there is like you know, it does hold you back a little bit so that you aren't advancing your your level, you know, too quickly to steamroll the the story portion of it? Yeah, that's that's uh that's an interesting question cuz like I I'm not completely sure myself how I feel about that. Um like so there's this thing when you're you can like quote unquote camp, which is just sort of like a place to like restock on various things and like catch up with your party. Sometimes it can progress the story and whatnot. And you can you can uh spend bonus experience at camp. And I'm not completely sure where this bonus experience comes from. Like, I think you get it from fighting and maybe also from uh, exploring. Like, it just sort of shows up. It's just kind of like, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a bonus. So, yeah, it's really, if I didn't spend all of the bonus experience that I've, like, accrued through playing, like, I'd probably be, like, much lower level. Like, maybe, like, level 40. I don't know. That's just, like, a random guess. But, like, a ton of level ups just come from this bonus experience. So, I guess you could say that's kind of another way you can, like, cater your experience if, like... If you just ignore all your bonus experience, you could probably make it more hardcore on yourself. Um, so I'd say actually that's even another place where it succeeds. Uh, it's, it's it is kind of weird how anytime I do anything in the main story, I'm just running past everything unless I want to like grind for materials from killing specific types of enemies because like they can't they can't do anything to me. They're like 15, 20 levels lower. Um, but it's, again, like I I dig it. Like, I, like, there's something weirdly satisfying about seeing the, the, the level number tick up, because it's a pretty good approximation of, like, how much of the game you can actually handle. Usually you're beating a, a Xenosaga game in, like, I don't know, like, level 70s or 80s. If My memory's really faulty right now, but I want to say that's the general window. So just by knowing I'm level 48, I know I can tackle, like, more than half of the game by default, just using that really rough math. So, like, there's just something really addicting about seeing my level tick up in a way I haven't felt since like classic Dragon Quest, where like your level meant like everything in the game. So I, I like that, appreciate that in an old school way. 
Yeah, that's really interesting though that like it it gives like kind of a a lower entry level for anybody that wants to experience it and has you know re- remotely you know a teensy bit of knowledge about you know RPGs and and leveling up and and they can choose to grind those areas and then you know bust through the story and you know not necessarily take uh i guess strategy with them but we did have a comment in the chat christian kenny said uh, and when you were talking about uh strategy i don't know if you want to read it or do you want me to read it uh, sure so uh christian kenny says that when you're at higher levels, strategy matters a lot once enemies can one-shot you even if you're the same level um that could totally be true um I can't honestly remember that happening very often in like even the old games. Like aside from like super bosses, and there are super bosses in these games that I didn't ever bother with. But like in traditional play, like I've never, me personally, like I don't remember a time where like just being substantially higher level. Like I mean, that kind of solves everything in these games. Like for normal fights, um, there there are some special fights where that I've fought in this one where like even being like five, six levels are still kind of dicey. Like you do actually have to think sometimes, but eh, like at at the point I'm at, like I would not say this is a strategy heavy game in the sense of that. It's absolutely mandatory. And in fact, I think, I think it's kind of unfortunate that uh, the players who are most likely to want to indulge in strategy are the ones that are going to be playing the most of the game in the first place, which are the people who are going to be way over-leveled and don't need the strategy. So <laughs> the people that like need the strategy will probably be the people that like aren't wildly over-leveled. So there's like feels like there's a little bit of a clash there. But yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. To, to me, it seems like balance. It seems mm. like you know, like I said, that lower entry point for people that might not be you know, accustomed to, to, you know, Xenoblade, but at the same time, you know, it gives some sort of challenge outside of the story other than just grinding the story. I don't know. It seems like the series is evolving or they're at least innovating in some, in some form. And it doesn't feel necessarily like the other ones in, in certain aspects and does. So I, I don't know, to me, from an outsider looking in and barely dipping my toes into the waters, it does seem like there are, they have made, you know, changes that affect gameplay and mechanics and things of that nature. Yeah, and, like, I haven't even, like, discussed, like, half the new stuff that's actually in this game. Like, there's, like, a six... There's... Well, really, there's seven characters in your party now, or it used to be usually three. Wow. So that yeah, right away lot. is, like... Yeah, it, it, it feels like there's a faster pace to combat just because there's more characters doing stuff, which is nice. And uh, six out of your seven characters can, like, fuse together into, like, invincible, stronger characters to do more damage. Then there's, like, oh, chain cool. attacks. Like, there's there's a lot of stuff in this game. And you, you will definitely be using most of it. And I will say, even that's an improvement from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Brett and I have talked about how, like, we beat that game not even understanding all the mechanics in that game. Because we never had a reason to mm-hmm. learn them. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm really not a fan to? of the combat in that game. Didn't need to, yeah. Like, I beat <laughs> yeah. the whole game just, like, by being higher level and using my regular attacks. It was like, you know. But in this game, things, like, actually, like, make sense and, like, feel good to use. And, like, there's 
there's a palpable sense that you're getting stronger and in more control of the situation. And that's pretty cool. It's just, it is what it is, but it's much better than it was. And also, since I didn't mention it at all, the story is a lot better this time, too. But the biggest turnoff to me in 2 was the story. And this story I've liked pretty much all along. That's great. Like, a story is either good or it's, like, going to put you to sleep. And this time it's, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. Like, or, I'm, or I'm, I'm happy with the, it this time. Are uh, any of the Xenoblade Chronicles stories connected in a way where... If I jumped into three and had not played any of the other ones, am I going to be lost? Am I going to be able That's to jump in just fine? I was going to ask. So, as far as I know, this game is actually related to the first two somehow, and like it's kind of teased one thing in particular throughout the game. But as far as I know, you can you can play this game without having played the other two. Not like I think it's going to be one of those things where like yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things where it reaches a point where it will draw somewhat from 1 and 2, but in a way where it's like it'll clue you into what these things are when you need to know. That's that's my impression. Like it's felt very much like a standalone experience so far. Like if this game is genuinely connected to the worlds of 1 and 2, it has not spelled that out like at all yet, which is good in the sense that like it's it's beginner friendly um gotcha. okay one and two are actually extremely distantly related as well but it will not affect your enjoyment whatsoever and honestly the first time i played these games i literally forgot they were connected i forgot that there was even a scene that explained how they were connected because it's so it's literally one scene so monolith isn't going crazy connecting these games and like forcing everyone to play them all so yeah it's. I would say it's very beginner friendly. That actually like makes me excited even more because I was like, this is definitely something I want to pick up, and yeah. I think just getting to know like sh- even who Shulk was in the first place, like through um, through Smash, and then mm-hmm. you know seeing that he was you know part of this franchise and like you know discovering more of like why everybody's been talking about it kind of like when i started watching uh cowboy bebop recently i was just like no wonder this is held in such high regard you know after seeing some of the series of course yeah right (laughs) no the the animated series um there's an animated series now oh yeah it'll blow your mind (laughs) but uh wow what was the the like um with the episode mushroom samba i think it was i think that's the one but i was just like you know is it, it was it started to make sense in my head you know why why so many people were attracted to this ip and i'm starting to understand that even more about xenoblade and i think you've really you know kind of spelled it out and and sold me on on you know how the franchise is evolving and you know the, it just i'm i mean I don't know about the rest of you, but like I, I could see myself jumping in very soon. Yeah, I'm For starting sure. yeah, to consider it, it, it more. Sorry, I was yeah, not expecting to get it, so it addicted. Sucks. <laughs> it it kind of sucks too because like I because I game share with Brett, I own this game, so I don't have to go out and spend <laughs> a penny on it. So it's like it's there at my disposal to play, but it's like. Do I want to even start if I know it's not going to be for me because it is a time sink? It's going to be a game you do have to invest some hours into, yeah. and there's let's be honest, there's there's a bit of a commitment you have to you have to put into it if you're going to play a game like this. But I mean, like hearing you talk about it and like 
like it's everything has been so overwhelmingly positive since it came out and i didn't doubt that it was going to be like i knew it was going to be a good game but uh like i haven't heard anyone just be like this game is shit <laughs> you know like everything <laughs> i'm seeing reading hearing is all been how dare you positive i know <laughs> yeah so yeah. man i i think i'm gonna try it and like even though I'm not a big JRPG fan, there are a few that I have played that I really do like quite a bit. Mm. And uh, like, if 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 I'm gonna do it, I think now is the time because I'm, I'm sitting there looking at games. I keep a list of games that like that I'm keeping an eye on that I'm for sure gonna get. And mm. shit, I mean, I think the next game that's a guarantee for me is uh, uh, Saints Row, which is still three weeks away. So like, if if there's ever a time to play it, it's gonna be now. So I. I think I'll yeah. probably jump in, man. Even though this isn't my type of game, I mean, it, it, what is it going to hurt to find out? There's there's nothing else I'm playing right now, anyway. So, yeah, awesome, man. Especially if it doesn't cost you anything. For sure, that's yeah. exactly. <laughs> and do you ever do you ever say we we own it? Oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah, we own it. <laughs> all the, hey, we 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 literally say that all the time. Like, yeah, do we own this? The yeah, we own do. it. <laughs> you guys make me sick. Sorry, Mary, uh, before we move on, I wanted to hear what you had to say as well. Too. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, um, I had bought the first Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I was like, okay, I'm going to play it. Um, hopefully starting it next week, actually. So I'm already kind of behind, but, like, so many people keep telling me, like, no, Xenoblade 3 is so good. The quality of life, the pacing, like, you can jump right into this game. But it's the part of my brain where I'm like, okay, but there's two other games. And I'm one of those yeah. people who, like, I like Maybe. to play them in order. So I'm trying to go through that internal struggle of, like, do I just jump into the one that everyone's talking about right now? It's so good. People, like, are loving it. Like you said, I haven't heard anything bad about this game. Or do I stick with how I play games and I start at one, then two, then three? I mean, like, you're looking at, like, a minimum probably, like, 70-ish hours with each game. Yeah. So... Right. Normally, I would be like, yeah, I'm going to just play them all in order. And that's obviously that's basically what I did with Yakuza for like more than mm. half a year. Um, <laughs> we know. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, like, long games but, aren't a problem. Like I like JRPG. So like I, okay. I'm going into it expecting, yeah, like a time save. Okay. Like it's going to be okay. a commitment. So like that's not that's not the problem. It's just do I do them in order or do I not? <laughs> right. OK. OK. Well, well, dang. I don't know. In that case, right? maybe I would say start with one, but okay, yeah. Um, but I mean, do, do, I, you, do you have any games on the horizon coming out that you're that you're like, okay, well, I I don't want to start it because this is coming up. Because if not, then um, I do have one, but I feel like it's one. It, it, they're very different from each other, so I feel like I'm going to be able to like set aside time for each. Uh, Cult of the Lamb comes out in like nine days. Oh, that's right, Cult um, of the Lamb. So, like, that's one that, like, I've been really, really looking forward to. Um, right. But, like I said, they're so different that I don't think I'd have a problem playing them simultaneously. Like, if I needed a break those. from one, I could go to the other pretty easily. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I, just for, like, the sake of transparency, I guess, I should mention that actually one reason why I've been, like, so aggressively grinding this game is because... I'm almost definitely going to be reviewing Soul Hackers 2, and I'm expecting that probably mm. in like a week. 
So I have like a really short window where I can only focus on this game. So I'm trying to like blast it out as fast as possible to see if I can like beat it before Soul Hackers 2 shows up. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I can, but I'm giving it the old college try. So we'll see on that front. <laughs> Soul Hackers should be a fairly long game too, right? Like those aren't... God, I hope not, but one? probably... Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like I'm I'm hoping for a universe where this is like quote unquote only a fifty to sixty hour game, but I, I really Jesus have no Christ idea. God. Yeah. Well Shin Megami I hope it's Tensei... only a hundred and fifty hour game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei five, I think I spent like I forget now. I think I spent like ninety five hours on it or some insane thing. Game. Like at yeah, least wow. ninety hours. Yeah, and you know, obviously Persona 5, I spent, like, over 120 hours on. Like, there's yeah. no way this game is that long. It better not be. Yeah. Or else I'm just I hear retiring. those hours, and I'm like... I hear those, and I'm like, God, how could somebody spend that much time playing those games? But then, like, I looked at my Rocket League count this weekend, and it's 2,065 oh hours. Say, and that's just on the PC right. version. <laughs> that's uh, I was going to say, that sounds a little low, man. Yeah. Only 2,065 hours. It's like it's days. League of Legends days upon is, days. Or, uh, Apex right. Legends is probably another, what, two, 3,000 oh, hours on that, too? Uh, no, I'm probably about... More? I I spent the most time on uh, I'd probably say it's about fifteen hundred hours, but nine about nine hundred on PC. You're dedicated, man. That's Impressive. good. Yeah. That, that's that's. I don't know. They keep hooking that. me in with new shit, and I can't stop playing. <laughs> um, but we did have some comments uh, just in regards to Xenoblade in the chat. We had um, Christian saying that you know he would probably play the first two first. Um, before playing three just because of the lore and he also yeah. mentioned there were some some bros at the gym talking about xenoblade which <laughs> nice. i would be one that of those rolls. bros but there's nobody else <laughs> in the gym that's even remotely nerdy so i wouldn't be talking to anybody um, yeah i feel uh, like i'm going to end up playing the first two because if like even if three mentions only the first two in like just some tiny way having whatever knowledge to make that moment make more sense or just be even better it'll just be like that even if it's like a cameo of a character what if there's a a really fun cameo and like it goes over my head but it's like oh wait that was in they were in xenoblade one and then yeah like i said i missed out on that little bit of excitement yeah (laughs) or something you mean even like even like uh even like something like uh Watching Better Call Saul right now. I I, I told you I was gonna bring in Better Call Saul somehow. Yeah, that was your chance. <laughs> Here's your chance but, but to so, shoehorn it in. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's but okay. So for example, with Better Call Saul, you could technically watch that entire series and enjoy the shit out of it and love it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. had you watched Breaking Bad first, there's just little tidbits here and there that just make you enjoy it a little bit more because you have that knowledge. So I agree. I know what you mean. Like even just knowing a character and seeing them or hearing mention of them in three, you're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I remember him from the other game. So yeah, I know what you mean. hundred percent on that. Yeah, totally. Now, because I'm a hater, I want to bring up one more quick thing just, just to oh, inspire man. hate and be a hater. <laughs> oh my God. So, people love the soundtrack to Xenoblade 3 so much that there's like internet memes already about like how incredible the soundtrack is. And I think the soundtrack is good, but so far, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as it was in 1 and 2. To such hmm. an extent okay. that 
there's I would say there's one song out of everything I've heard so far that actually made me stop and go, okay, that's a really good song. Whereas in cool. one and two, it was just like nonstop bangers like all the time. So much so that while I play three, I keep humming songs from two to myself because those were so catchy that they've come <laughs> back to me by playing three. Like that's how crazy good that soundtrack was. Like Xenoblade Two was kind of worth it just for how good that soundtrack was. And I was going to say, ironically, the one Xenoblade he he liked least is the one he's humming the music to. Yeah. <laughs> and to be what, clear, what the soundtrack to one was awesome too. Well, that's the thing. I don't think it's missing anything. Again, I I actually I do think it's another good soundtrack. I just don't think it's like straight up banger city like the last one was. Oh. Like none of them are really getting stuck in my head. Like I can't hum to you any of the melodies to any of the songs at all. I they they they're not yeah. staying with me. Uh, again, not to say they're not good. There was one that I think was really good. I just can't hum it to you because I don't remember it. But yeah, I mean <laughs> XC2. I, I feel bad banger city crazy <laughs> bangers like five like one song will be like five minutes long five minute banger like <laughs> okay we want to hear it in the chat in the chat if you could drop if you played any of the xenoblade chronicles or yeah xenoblade chronicles games uh rate the soundtrack from best to worst out of if you yeah, played I'm three especially three mm-hmm. you know drop that in but like yeah. I completely understand that. Like I am a huge like pop punk and punk fan, and one of my favorite bands is Newfound Glory, and they've been doing it for you know twenty plus years. And you know I can say their you know last album is good, but then I think about all the like you know songs that had been stuck in my head over the years, like My Friends Over You, and you know the ones that I can you know sing to a T every word. But then I think about the latest album, and I had to like I was playing it on my way to work. That's why I'm talking about it. But it like took much more replays to jog my memory as to like, oh yeah, these are decent songs, but they aren't as hard hitting as as the previous ones. So you know I guess that can can relate to Xenoblade in that sense yeah probably oh, new fan glory i like some new fan glory i'm a big yes, sum 41 fan going back to like the punk yes. and pop pop punk stuff hell yeah uh, I'm, I'm like kind of a purist like like that that era of like 90s pop punk like some of it i don't consider to be like actual pop punk like i'm like really elitist mm. about it like yeah. no use like, for a name like it's like Honestly, I never actually listened to them. Their like, use for a name I've, I've is good my favorite about punk them. band of all time. Okay, like pure oh, yeah. punk. Like it's I, just I a, love like, no use for a name. All right, cool, man. No, yeah, I've heard good things about them. I've just never listened to them. But like, basically, like Blink One Eighty Two is like like the punk antichrist. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I get it. I get it. The anti-punk like, punk. More, more, more yeah. punk would be like no no effects would be like more yeah. pure love no punk, effects. Right? Yeah, yeah, bad yeah. religion, you know those bands. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, they're iconic. But anywho, yes, yeah. Banger City. That was XC one, XC two. There you go. Yeah, Christian says three X, then one, then two. Very interesting. Wow, he's wow. Uh, on your bluff on <laughs> three. Chris, Christian <laughs> is coming for you tonight, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm most, I'm most interested talent. about the inclusion of X, just because honestly, I don't remember X's soundtrack as well. I remember that that soundtrack was like more eclectic. Like, I think it had like voices and stuff, and like, 
I want to say there might have even been like a little bit of like hip hop to like the uh, the main city, but I forget now. Like it was like kind of just weird. Like it might have been good weird though. Like I just I don't remember enough. But that's another reason to bring that to Switch, so people can talk about its weird, maybe good soundtrack. My friend found a copy at like some random retro game store of Example Chronicles. Like, sent me a picture. And was like, "Do you want me to get this for you?" And I was like, "Yes." Uh. <laughs> Nice. So, yeah, because I, I, it was, I mentioned like getting into the series, and that was one of the ones I was like, that one was only on Wii U, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yep, found a copy out in the wild. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, at the Especially current rate, it'll be stuck there forever. <laughs> God, go ahead, Greg. Some someday Nintendo will decide to port, you know, all of their Wii U game library. Maybe when everything <sighs> shuts down this next year, but maybe. It feels like this is the only game they haven't ported <laughs> at this point. Like, aside from like those Zelda s- ports that they're allegedly yeah. holding on to. And the I'll say something Prime stupid. <laughs> Maybe Go they're going to do something special for it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. They'll do something <laughs> special, like charge you 60 bucks. <laughs> that, that's the, that's the doing something special. <laughs> yeah. We're going to allow you to buy a game again that you already own. (laughs) With special new box art. 60 bucks. Right. (laughs) Although, you know. That's so odd to me. Yeah. I I think, uh, I didn't read it, but I think recently, like, the director or whatever, like, did an interview where he was like, yeah, we plan to just, like, keep doing more Xenoblade. Like, that's just going to be, like, part of our regular agenda. But, like... I've heard, you know, I got a lot of hours left, but I've heard that this game kind of puts a bow on some things from the first two games. So, like, I wonder if what if their next project would be Xenoblade Chronicles X2. And if that's the case, would that be the incentive to finally port the, the first one in some form? Like, right. you'd think this would be the time. Yeah, and you got to think that Nintendo, I mean, like we've talked about before, Nintendo always seems to have their cards, you know, playing them pretty close to their chest, but they also have another hand behind them that could just pull out a random game that's been finished for the last 10 years or five (laughs) years or whatever and decide to shadow drop it or release it. So I'm sure we we can guess that, you know, we don't know what the future holds, but... I'm sure something like that will be in the works. Well, they'll, yeah. they'll tell us in that direct that surely coming next week. Yeah. Any day sure. now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then next yeah, week, we week. can say, they'll tell us in that direct that's coming <laughs> next week. And next week, we right. say, yeah. I've been playing that game for two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. But uh, uh, so we're going to move on because we want to. Um, keep things going but john do you have any final thoughts on what you've played so far and anything else that you want to say about xenoblade chronicles 3 the game's like i'm just enjoying it way more than i expected to and like i can i can heartily recommend it once you get to like the fourth hour of the game (laughs) that's it yep half a day's work (laughs) yeah you're gonna hate your life Um, for three four hours and then you're gonna love it so just hang in there that's about right yes (laughs) <laughs> sounds like my adolescent years uh so last thing i'm gonna leave everybody with is destructoid the official review from destructoid i know eric did a little splash on screen but uh chris carter over there at destructoid gave it a 9.5 out of 10 
uh, superb. And then as well, the uh, Metascore is currently at an 89 with the user score at an 8.6. So, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of positives. Yeah, a lot of positives, a lot of uh, acknowledgments of its uh, being a solid title. So I'm eager to hear what John has to say next week about it once he's spent, well, actually, probably tomorrow after he's somehow miraculously put another 50 hours in it in the last 24 hours. <laughs> Hopefully, but next, um, next next week Brett will be here to have a ten minute rant about the grass that disappears around you. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll call it, we'll call it we'll call it Grassgate. Yeah. Perfect. There you go. Yes. I mean, what can you expect? You know, the Wii is or the the Wii. Wow. I was wow. gonna say the Wii U is aging, but the Switch is aging, and it is definitely showing signs. But one thing that is not slowing down on are the Pokemon games that are coming to the Switch. And it looks like tomorrow we do have a Pokemon event. I am not that big of a fan. I know there's only a couple of us that you know kind of pay attention to it. But Mary has some, some deep, thoughtful, <laughs> critical thinking as to what's going to be expected tomorrow yes. during this event. Uh, when is the event? What time is it at? Tomorrow at 6 o'clock in the morning, if you're like me <laughs> and on the West Coast. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> She's gonna jump out of bed, uh, ready to hear Pokemon news. Gosh, I'm gonna have my coffee timer set. I'll, I'll wake up for it. I'm not gonna be happy about it though. <laughs> or Pokemon Company, so, whoever ignores my memo every time to push it back an hour. Um, <laughs> your your but, screams into the void. Yes, <laughs> but they said they're definitely going to talk about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which I'm not like super surprised about it is like you know the next big tile coming up um i just want to see more lechonk more small of course because like those are adorable maybe they'll show us some more new pokemon i think what a lot of people are like holding their breath for though is like if we're going to see the evolutions of the starters because like that plays into people's decision making on which starter they're going to select and that's like such a huge decision when starting the Pokemon games. Um, <laughs> I'm one of those people where like I definitely pick my starters based on like how they evolve. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah. it's uh, depending on if, if you do, there's going to be a lot of good things. There's going to be a lot of bad things probably <laughs> <laughs> about um, well, because like people are like, oh, no, the cat is currently like on all four legs. It's going to stand up at some point. It's, you know gonna walk around two legs like every other cat pokemon <laughs> yeah it seems like or at least every recent one um so that like yeah sprigatito uh i think people are placing bets on that so mm -hmm. um and then well, what else did they oh sorry gone well i was just gonna ask who just based on the little bit you know which starter are you leaning towards so far Ooh. so i was full Sprigatito at first, but then Fuecoco started to grow on me. I just love, like, his little what crocodile. He's just a little <laughs> chomper and he looks so cute. But usually <laughs> I go with grass starters. Bulbasaur is my favorite, so I kind of usually lean towards the grass ones. Um, but we'll see in the moment yeah. which name one again? I choose. Fuecoco? Sprigatito? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Quaxley. Is the duck ah. the water Pokemon? Yeah, so their their names are really cute. Yeah, and then Lechonk is gonna Lechonk. have my heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unparalleled Lechonk. 
Like, I know. Big. Yeah. The standout star. I love Who would have thunk it? Right. <laughs> the localizers—they uh, yeah. really deserve to give themselves a pat on the back for Lechonk. <laughs> Yeah, and Smolive, too, um, who, what's shown on the screen right now. It's a little olive, but he's yeah. sad, and he's a small boy, so he's a Smolive. <laughs> I'm stinking cute. It, oh, I hate that I'm a sucker for stuff like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, give a shit about Pokemon, but these names are tight. I never got into Arceus. Yeah. I never got yeah. into Arceus because I wasn't in like a Pokemon mood, but now these mm. Pokemon are so cute that I have, I'm really like, okay, November, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, so obviously they've said that we're going to see more of these games. So I'm wondering like what types of information they're going to be willing to like dole out now. Cause obviously they mm -hmm. love to do this drip feed up to release or like, we're going to give you this morsel today, this morsel in like four and a half weeks, et cetera, et cetera. I would like to hear a lot more about what the four player multiplayer is going to be like. Yeah. I was going to also, I was going to say that. And then, I think if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I looked at it. Like, there's not a strict order to, like, the gems, I think they said. Or they kind of hinted. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's confirmed yet. I think that's still yeah. officially a rumor. But that would make okay. a lot of sense if it's an open world game. Yeah. Yeah. I think I so. I would love to see that confirmed. That would be really fun. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. I definitely want to see more of, like the multiplayer aspect of it um yeah how it's gonna work also yeah, yeah I, forgot, I forgot about these legendaries that are now on screen <laughs> i forgot they, they showed those i'm so focused on lechonk and sprigatito <laughs> that the legendaries actually look really cool i think <laughs> i mean like the one is like kind of like a motorcycle isn't he yeah. like i don't like i don't know what's going on with these things like i guess they're cool <laughs> i think they look cool yeah, I, so. I, I have no idea what I'm looking at, but yeah, they look cool. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he's got like a uh, wheel did in they his say... chest. Huh? Yeah, oh, that's pretty Greg? sweet. No, I was gonna say what uh, they also said. I know you mentioned it before that um, the update is going to be not only for the console games, but the their mobile as well too. Wasn't that? They mentioned yeah, it said. Apps and video games, including yes. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So the new yes. one is definitely going to be talked about. And then apps, I think we can all kind of guess that like uh, Pokemon Unite, Pokemon Go are probably going to have like events, updates. Those are ongoing things with um, mm. those Pokemon games. But something that I've seen a lot of people bring up about Arceus is that like they are afraid that Arceus is just going to be kind of abandoned once Scarlet mm -hmm. and Violet come out, because it was very different from how Pokemon games usually work. I think people had so much fun with it and found a lot of fun and joy and like this new Pokemon experience that they're like, please give us an expansion, DLC. They people want to like keep exploring that world. So it's like fingers crossed that they're not abandoning it quite yet. <laughs> right. Also, we'll real see. quick, I just want to say that Eric's image is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, isn't it? What is that? <laughs> what is going on? I've been wondering what the hell is going on here. So, for, uh, whatever, 
look yeah, shocked. Yeah, Eric, what are you doing? Can you send me a copy of that? Yeah, for those who uh, listen later, real quick on who for those who listen as an actual podcast, <laughs> Eric has created Lechonk on kind of like an angelic body <laughs> with a halo, Justin and... Bieber's shirtless body or something. Yeah, a little bit <laughs> like a, a little bit of a Lord and Savior Lechonk. So you know, just just imagine that in your mind's eye, please. That's how it is. <laughs> Angel like, halo over his head. I go on this huge rant in the video about Lechonk. He's so cute. Nothing better. Like I will protect this Pokemon with my life. I think I end it with like because Lechonk is our new savior, <laughs> and then that's the there image. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's what you use then. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I really Funny. want some sausage now. <laughs> wow. Speaking of sausage, <laughs> speaking of sausage, Call of Duty is next up on the list. We have oh, Sony. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We... One more, one more thing about Pokemon. There's something oh, yeah, very yeah. important we cannot forget here. <laughs> here we go. Apps. Apps is the magic word, man. What is the most incredible Pokemon app that they announced, and then we haven't heard about since? Pokemon Sleep. sleep. I yes, knew it. man. Pokemon <laughs> Sleep. They're going to bring one to sleep. We haven't. They announced this what, like two, three Is years ago, real? and yeah, Pokemon yeah. could be the one. Because yeah. did y'all see the Kirby bedtime story videos that they uploaded? The Nintendo. Oh did? man, what no. God's yeah. name is going on? This could like, be it. Pokemon Sleep. It yes. Okay, so what is this? What is this supposed okay, to be? So, I've, I've right, heard so of this. it was announced in May 2019, uh, probably at like another Pokemon Presents or the like an equivalent yeah. thereof experience. And I have the quote here. They said Pokemon Sleep will quote turn sleep into entertainment. So I mean, it kind it's of already going is, to right? be <laughs> theoretically, <laughs> but dreaming, apparently you know? not like this. <laughs> This is okay. this is a level of sleep you have never experienced before, but wow. we don't know anything about it. So, like, I but, I but believe, it, man. Like, is apps. it true? It's co-created with Mark Zuckerberg. Entertainment. <laughs> we will find out, man. Like that is that is the mystery. <laughs> that is the majesty. With this is like. Like this is, you know, like this is just the future here. Like before Star Wars, like maybe you, maybe in the theater you go and you see a trailer for this thing called Star Wars. Like that looks kind of neat. I don't know what that is. Maybe I'll go see it. And then it changes society forever. That's Pokemon Sleep. We see it. We're like, oh, could be interesting. We don't know what it is. A year from now, we will all be sleeping in the Pokemon world, transcending this level of existence forevermore. Counting Wooloos. Ready, ready, player Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so you know like basically what i'm saying is like 9 a.m eastern time tomorrow we live in a new world yeah. Six yeah. books are going to be talking about this moment for decades yeah, yeah. invasive the... <laughs> pokemon sleep dude interesting i called it here interesting yeah yes. i'm gonna wake Speaking up early from, from work just to watch this tomorrow now <laughs> go for it greg <laughs> Speaking of invasive, Call of Duty. Um, so this is so bottom line here. Um, you had some uh, translated uh, Sony remarks in regards to Call of Duty being primarily found on Microsoft consoles, and 
there were remarks made. I forget who at Sony made it. Um, I know it was translated from a um, uh, some interview or something along those lines, but essentially saying that um, the acquisition by Microsoft of Activision will sway individuals who want to purchase a console into buying a Microsoft console because that would be the one of the only places where you can play a AAA uh, franchise like Call of Duty that is basically unmatched by any other franchise or IP um, that has been created. And I know it's sparked a lot of debate on this, but I just wanted to go around the room once and just kind of hear uh, everybody's take on this. Uh, whoever wants to take it first, by all means, go right ahead. Brett, you do it. <laughs> yeah, Brett, let's go. Go, Brett. <laughs> I, I was hoping to have Brett on the show when we talked about this because me and him had like, geez. So the the problem is you open up this can of worms and then it goes into like this fanboy shit that's like that even though we're we're kidding, like it, it gets into like the yeah, well yeah, well this company did this, but they deserved it because this company did this kind of thing. Mm. So um you know, people were basically saying that Sony sounded scared that that they were like they they sounded nervous that uh microsoft acquired call of duty and my response to that was well shit why wouldn't they be you know call of duty yeah. I, and even though even though this will still be on sony consoles i mean they can't they can't walk that back i don't know how long they can keep it on multi-platform but if, at least for the next couple they can't walk that back um but even if it stays on multi-platform, the fact that it's free on Xbox means that they are just going to lose people to Xbox. That, that's just how it's going to be. I mean, it, even um, no, no, let me let me explain what I mean by that. I don't mean like people are not going to buy a PlayStation because of this, but money that they've made from Call of Duty is now going to be going to to Microsoft. Like, for example, even, even someone who is a loyal, and if people watch this, watch or listen to the show, they know by now, like, my preferred way to play any multi-platform game is always going to be on PlayStation. It's just, I've, I've been a Sony guy for a long time, and it's just kind of how it is. But even me, um, as, as loyal and as much as I love PlayStation, because I have Xbox with Game Pass... And it's going to be free on Xbox. I'm not going to buy that on PlayStation. So they're even losing my money. So, so what I was saying to Brett basically is, um, it'd be kind of like, like, uh, why wouldn't they be nervous? It'd be kind of like being a, the owner of a basketball team in the NBA, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you find out that your rival just got Michael Jordan. You're going to be like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> like we, things were kind of like going like at an even pace and all of a sudden they just got the best player in the world and we're kind of going like well, you just lost how much revenue because people are going to watch that team now over yours you know what mm -hmm. i mean so it's that, that's kind of that's kind of uh the the beginning of <laughs> of the can of worms that opens up because then at, at that point then people are going to say well sony deserved it because they bought exclusivity rights to x game and and uh, Microsoft didn't really have much of a choice. And so then they had to go buy this publisher. And, the, and it gets into like this big argument, of, and not even necessarily argument, but conversation, I guess we could mm -hmm. say. Um, but, it's, but it's interesting. And, it, and it's, it's a conversation that can be fun to, to talk about and hear other people's uh, opinions on. So that's kind of where I was at. I was like, you know what? I, I don't blame them. Um, 
and and a lot of people are like, well, why doesn't instead of Sony making this comment, why don't they just go out and and uh, and do their own thing? Why don't why don't they bring back if if they're worried about people going out and playing uh, Call of Duty on on micro on uh, Xbox, then why don't they bring back one of their old uh, like iconic first person shooters? And I'm like, well, really, even if they like their their biggest most iconic uh, first person shooters is going to be Killzone and Resistance, but. Killzone and Resistance are small potatoes compared to Call of Duty, let's be honest. So even if they did bring that Killzone back, that's sucked. not going to all sudden... <laughs> right, and, and again, me being a huge Sony person, I didn't even like Killzone at all. So they could bring that back all day long, and it's it's not going to do them any favors, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. So anyways, it's uh, it's just one of those things. I don't even know if it's necessarily newsworthy, but it was... Uh, it's it's sparked a lot of conversations since since it happened a few days ago. Some of it's like toxic fanboy stuff, but some of it's just kind of fun. Co- like me and Brett all of it. jab back and forth yeah. with each with each other. Yeah, most of it probably is. <laughs> I don't know. What what do you guys think about this? You guys know how I feel about it. Well, I was just like thinking about it. I was like, I feel like the console wars have kind of mellowed out in like re- more recent years, but like with these companies making these exclusive deals and acquisitions like this, is this going to kind of revive a new console war again? Like, are we going to be back at each other's throats over like what console you're choosing, you know? Um, And yeah, like I think Sony has a right to like be a little nervous because call of duty is probably one of the most recognizable video game franchises. Like it's grown into such a huge thing. Even if you're not a gamer, you know, at least what call of duty is. Um, So yeah, I I can see where they would be nervous as far as like them getting like their money, their cut, their player base, you know, I think it's the most profitable IP in the world right now, isn't it? Every year it's number one in in, in charts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like that and Minecraft and like Grand Theft Auto online. But if yeah. if you look at the end of the year, every year on the charts, Call of Duty's number one. Even 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 when yeah. they have a, a a year where people were kind of like lukewarm on the game, it's still number still one number by one. a mile. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. Still buy it. yeah, yeah. And like the right. only exception, I think, is like when Grand Theft Auto Five came out. Like, like it's right. like Call of Duty every year unless Rockstar does something. Yeah, but so 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 the part of this conversation that I kind of get like. I guess I'm a little bit more passionate about is people are like, well, uh, well, Sony forced Microsoft's hand because they bought exclusivity rights to this game and this game. But, but if you look at it, like over, over, over the years, like, like Microsoft has done it too. Maybe not as much as, as PlayStation, but like Microsoft bought exclusivity rights to rise of the Tomb Raider. And I remember like back then I didn't like, I wasn't making much money. I only had one console. So I was like, shit, I have to wait a year to play Rise of the Tomb Raider. Was it Rise or Shadow? It was Rise. Rise of the Tomb Raider. I think it was Rise. And it was Rise of the Tomb Raider, I think. It was the second. Some Tomb Raider thing. What's that? <laughs> some Tomb Raider thing. So, yeah, some Tomb Raider game. So, it, but, but then people were like, well, you know, uh, they, they uh, bought exclusivity rights to Final Fantasy VII Remake. But my thing with that is... When you think about Final Fantasy VII, let's 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 be honest that that was born on the PlayStation, so that kind of made sense that they would buy exclusivity rights. And I still think at some point it's going to come to Xbox. It's like it, initially it was only supposed to be on PlayStation exclusively for like a year, and then they like somehow extended that. <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that even works, but like at this point it almost sounds like it's it's going to be with them forever, especially with the 
talks of them possibly acquiring Square, which those conversations are warming back up. So it's like, yeah, you, you can kind of get into the weeds with this conversation a little bit. And uh, but but that but that was always kind of my thing is like the one big thing that Sony bought rights to was Final Fantasy VII, and that's kind of always been like gone hand in hand with PlayStation. It was born on PlayStation. When when I think of my PlayStation One, the first game I think of is Final Fantasy VII. So it's not like they just purchased some random game like a, I don't know, like a, a Far Cry or something that wouldn't make any sense yeah. to, for that to be an exclusive PlayStation game. Like they bought a game that was born on PlayStation. And uh, so, I don't know. That's my two cents. I, I mean, it can go into In like a whole... I mean, you can, you can do. <laughs> if Brett was if Brett know. was here, if, 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 if Brett's listening right now, he's going, "This motherfucker, I'm going to tear him apart when I see him." <laughs> here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right, get my soapbox. I'm gonna. I'm taking over <laughs> yeah. for a minute. <laughs> and another thing, what's the deal with these Resident Evil voice actors? <laughs> <laughs> I need a continuity rant right about now. Yeah. Uh. yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't really have too much to add on the, on the Call of Duty front. I, I, this is a very weird angle to tackle it from, but I think it might be, I'm, this is a stupid thing to say, and I know that Sony's not actually thinking this way, because this is not how a business operates at all, but, like, you could view this from the angle of maybe Sony hopes that, like, Call of Duty will keep degrading in significance the way it is right now, and like Brett said, like, the sales are still on top. Like, no matter how much this degrades, it's still like, oh no, I'm only making a fraction of a bajillion dollars. So like, <laughs> right? It I understand money. that. I, yeah, I understand. I'm on very faulty ground in the first place. But if this trajectory were to continue, of like just diminishing returns, of like fans being like, eh, and I really like this angle so much. Like, maybe it could devalue itself to such an extent that Sony could like at least feel less of a sting from this loss. Uh, but, yeah. you know, who knows? But, like, I guess a lot of people, like, just didn't like Vanguard for one reason or another. And I was at a New York Comic-Con panel where uh, the writers of that game were there for some reason. Well, actually, there was a tie-in comic. That's why they showed up. Um, and they said that, like, they already had story ideas for, like, Vanguard 2 and 3, and they were really excited, oh, and they were no. really hoping it'll happen. I don't think they're gonna happen, <laughs> dude. That's that's crazy. I actually really, I actually really liked Vanguard. I, I okay. play all that. I'm not. I'm not. I don't really play the Call of Duty multiplayer anymore. Like I, I used to be big into playing multiplayer a lot, but I'll I'll yeah, jump same. in when a new game comes out for like a couple hours, and then I'm pretty much done. Mm. But I always play the campaigns, and uh, I actually liked uh, Vanguard quite a bit. Like mm. you, you play as different characters, and it shows yeah. you their story, and they all kind right. of come together. Did you play it, John? No, I I don't think I've ever okay. played Call of Duty in my life. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So, but, like, but but two two of the two of the characters that you play as, their story is really cool, and I I just thought it was a very unique way of telling the story and bringing them all together for like the like the final hurrah or whatever the final push and and like the it, it's kind of like the movie Crash where it ties in all the the character stories together and then like the 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 story finishes with them all together. But I, I I quite enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people uh, were were not so hot on it, and and I'm trying to figure out why. I, I but I don't know. Some that's, people were that's trashing the story. 
but yeah. Man, yeah, I didn't play it, but so I bet I bet the Vanguard writers didn't feel great about that. <laughs> no, man, that's. <laughs> I would I would like to see a second Comic Con panel where it's just them like really pissed off addressing the feedback. Like, all right, listen, yeah. you little. Bert. I'm going to tell you morons <laughs> why you were all wrong. You blah, blah, blah. I want to see that panel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think for me with this whole thing, the whole back and forth at the end of the day, I just want to see all these companies stop trying to, to acquire publishers. Like, yeah, to me, that's not, I, I don't, I, I liked having a world where it was Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, and a bunch of publishers all making games. And, now it's like everything has to be acquired and everything is up for grabs now. And like there's yeah. always rumors of Sony buying Square or Microsoft mm-hmm. buying Capcom or, you know, like let's just let's just make games. And like I I get it. It's a business. I understand it. Yeah. But uh, well, I think that's I'm, like kind of over sign that. of the times. You know, the 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 move now is not necessarily to sell consoles and console hardware. It's these these. Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, I feel like anyways that the acquisitions are are there to secure their future in terms of libraries. Like they want to secure publishers and developers in order to keep putting their stamp on games that are produced in the future so that they can get generate revenue. Sure. And whether that's through but subscription gee- services, smart TVs that play these games, because, I mean, we're starting to already see it with xCloud and, you know, even... You know, Sony releasing the the new Backbone controller. They're pushing more towards just being able to play and access their games through through any device rather than a console. And so this is their way of building and right. securing a library for the future. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I get that. And I would say that's slightly less true of Nintendo, just because Nintendo doesn't care about anything anyone does. No, they don't give a but, shit. No, <laughs> they're just like they operate you, you, in you, the you, Nintendo you, dimension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the end like, dimension yeah but that's that's how will, we end up say. with like random like f- like beat up games from super nintendo that everyone on earth forgot existed and like they roll this Every- out as like their their new <laughs> crown jewel of yeah. nso for the month <laughs> and everyone like, fucking loses we- their minds and, oh my gosh. And they're like there's a there's a new game for you to play on nintendo switch online munchies revenge you're like what the fuck is this it's like i've never even heard <laughs> munchies revenge too great okay cool what <laughs> oh, but, yep. it's, but it's always, I, I did it's I did always amazed me how how different nintendo like how like they're, they're almost playing a different game there's like mm-hmm. nintendo pc yeah, they are. and and or sorry uh sony microsoft and pc and then like nintendo's over here like i, yeah. I, I always think of like the um like for perfect example animal crossing if that came out on playstation or xbox it wouldn't even have been that like big of a game. It came out on Nintendo, and, it, and granted, it came out at the right time, right during the pandemic. But that mm-hmm. was fucking massive. Like that overtook the world for a few months. Yeah. yeah but, like if that insane. game comes out on PlayStation, like you you barely even hear anything about it. But it's just like <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know why, man. That like Nintendo is just they just do things. And Nintendo the probably right had way. this game done too, and they were like, hey, do we want to? play the world is on lockdown card yet oh yeah i think it's about the right time (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, nintendo's just um, got that magic yeah just some last thoughts that uh i had for the call of duty thing 
Um, you know, Brett, I think you hit it the nail on the head. Um, this is a problem for me. This is Sony admitting that they're not innovative enough to make a competitor. And it's like, how can you not like go and make a better kill zone or go and make, you know, a better resistance? Like you're telling me that you're scared because a company bought Call of Duty. Yeah, it's a top franchise, but like you're Sony. Like you have the resources, you have the ability, you have the developers, make something competitive. And it's interesting to me that a head at Sony would say this not too long after Phil Spencer went ahead and said he's looking forward to God of War Ragnarok. So I don't know what kind of, you know, marketing or mind games or PR games that they're playing because a, a head at Sony wouldn't say this if it didn't have some sort of backing to it. As in like they're, they want to, you know, paint microsoft in a, a negative light or they wanted to you know make it seem that they're being wronged and their fan base is gonna you know retaliate and you know in terms of buying it on this console or that console like boo fucking who like i i don't really care if i wanted to buy a game that's exclusively on sony well then i'm gonna save my little shillings and not spend you know money and save up to buy a playstation console so i can play that exclusive game and if you want to play it on the other one, well, then obviously you're going to have a choice, but that gives the choice to the gamers as to what platform they would like to play the majority of their games on. And yeah, you're going to miss out on some exclusives, but you also have that choice to make as to where you want to spend your money and play those exclusives. And if Sony really wanted to do something about this, they would help co-fund and co-develop a better Medal of Honor because that franchise and that series is still viable and that should be the the you know World War II advanced shooter that they should be looking at to innovate on is an already standing franchise that they have the ability to show something different. You know, if if they can somehow pull together a partnership with Money Hungry EA, then they should do it because like and they that's have still, Battlefield too. Yeah, and or Battlefield, like pick one of these battles instead of crying over Call of Duty, you know, from the whoever i don't even know who said it but like it just seems like a silly point to make when there's so many other franchises that they could either be you know co-partner co-partnership in developing and providing funding for or developing something on their own with the with the studios that they already work with my two cents thanks brett for the soapbox (laughs) there was there there was like twice where the fan the sony fanboy in me was like clenched (laughs) <laughs> I, I was like, I wanted to like interrupt them and be like, no, well, they did it because of this. Like, it's definitely one of those things where you could just like, you, you could definitely like, again, get into the weeds with this conversation for sure. But yeah, definitely. And it'll I think be it, interesting. You know, not... it, it'll. I was just gonna say it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future with Call of Duty because, um, do they at some point? push bringing it on exclusively to xbox platform because if that happened not just the free on game pass thing but if they made it exclusive where you can't even play it at all on playstation then that's a game changer i mean it already is it already is the the fact that you can play it free if you own both consoles you're not paying for it on playstation but if if they ever do get to that point and again i don't know the legality of if that's possible because they'd already mentioned that they're gonna 
they were going to honor their word and keep it on multi-platform. But it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future because they're both kind of playing nice. Uh, Sony's like, yeah, we're, we're going to keep a uh, Destiny multi-platform, and and they're like, okay, we're you know we're going to keep Call of Duty on multi-platform. Let's see if yeah, either sure of those <laughs> companies try and walk it back. You For know, two years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I wonder what's going to happen after these these two games that are already in development that they can't take back so we'll we'll, we'll see yeah. what happens yeah yeah it'll it'll be curious to see in the future like what shape destiny 3 takes mm-hmm. right yeah i'd be really surprised if be... that ends up on xbox <laughs> yeah. yeah something retaliatory like that like you know, oh, you put a Call of Duty on here, we're going to take away your destiny. And, and, and apparently, that, not to keep going on with this, I know it's, well, we're not necessarily over, we usually go this long, but apparently, um, and, and I, I hesitated to bring this up because I don't have, like, the facts. I, I thought for some reason we weren't going to bring up this topic tonight, or else I would have had the facts on this. But there was someone from Microsoft that retaliated by saying you shouldn't, in, in in so many words, you shouldn't really care that much about Call of Duty. Look at all look, you have God of War, you have Spider Man, who is the biggest superhero in the world. You have this, this, and this. So wh- wh- you know why why are you complaining about Microsoft obtaining Call of Duty and putting it on Game Pass? Because you've got your own big hitters as well. So it was yeah. it, again, I don't have the exact verbiage, but it was something f- like that from someone at Microsoft in retaliation to what the person from Sony said. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's like the little he said, she said, like kind of high school drama shit that's going on right now. It's, it's really, really but nothing. Nothing they, is going to ever come from this other than people just but, talking and bringing up this conversation. That's what I was saying. Like the, they know gamers, the, the environment is so volatile that they could, you know, you know, drop something like that or say something like that because they know it's going to rile up their fan base when really it's bottom line it's a business decision decision for them to make more money and now one company is mad because another company is making more money than them with the biggest franchise that that is on the market and it's like like i said boohoo like just buy another console like pick and choose where you're going to play it like these are corporate suits arguing back and forth is who's going to make more money with what franchise selling to gamers that are crying over and arguing about the games that they're they're going to be publishing to make them more money and it's like it just gets silly to that point yeah. but you're right we're getting close to the edge we to the get end sucked in hook line and sinker <laughs> yeah there's you see buying into fanboyism uh last thing we want to leave you with are two exceptional looking dino games john coming in with the heat with the uh lost the lost wild uh from great ape games and being published by annapurna interactive i did not know about this game i thought i maybe saw a trailer or something for it but uh he really shed some light on it and it looks pretty dope Mm -hmm. Like to say the least, and uh, you you said one thing earlier, John, that caught me, and that was just about um, the uh, dinosaurs, how they act in the game. The systemic AI. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, they they behave like animals, not monsters. Was the quote? Right. Right. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So the the game, they say they're taking inspiration from Resident Evil, Dino Crisis, Trespasser. Alien Isolation, 
And they're also pulling a little from Jurassic Park and Half-Life and Mm -hmm. Firewatch. Yeah. So, like, sounds like they're just trying to, like, put all the fun parts of survival horror adventure, like, together in, like, one thing. So, on paper, it sounds great. Uh, They've only released... They've only released a couple, like, one-minute little teaser trailers. So, like, we have, like, very limited idea of how this game actually plays in action yet. It's mostly just a lot of promises, like, on paper, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But it does sound good, and the graphics so far look really cool. Like, Capcom has, like, basically implied that they don't give a damn about Dino Crisis, and that's why we're getting Exoprimal. (laughs) But, um... But like this, this Which looks like it could be like be a really nice crisis. next step. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> when we saw a dinosaur game from Capcom, we all assumed <laughs> Dino Crisis, but nope, Exo Primal multiplayer extravaganza. But that's didn't okay. they show the the uh, the female character that's in Dino Crisis? Didn't they show her before before they showed off the Exo Primal? So everyone's like, hell yes, Dino Crisis, and they're like, wait, this isn't Dino Crisis. Like, why I even show her in that presentation? Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah, I don't know. They like to screw with people, but yeah. R- so. Real quick, before we get off the Lost Wild, though, because I think it looks amazing, I just wanted to give a quick shout out. I was telling Brett this the other night to Annapurna. They're slowly becoming like one of my favorite publishers. Like, they they have a knack for finding like these gems of games that just kind of they kind of go under the radar and they're so fucking good like um just just to name a few that are that are like some of my favorites like of course journey uh 12 minutes was phenomenal stray that just came out kentucky route zero flower gone home what remains of edith finch donut county maquette uh the pathless and i saved this one for last because it's my favorite game that came out last year the artful escape that game if you have not played it go and play that game it is it was yep it it, it launched on xbox it was on game pass i believe it's on playstation now as well but i absolutely adored that game it was um it's it's a very easy game side scroller but it's like some of the best music in like the one of the most visually pleasing games with like all the all the bright colors and like the level design is amazing like Annapurna is, like, like I said, slowly becoming like one of my favorites. As soon as I hear Annapurna, I'm like, all right, I'm I'm already interested. So, yeah, I just wanted to shout them out. Yeah, Annapurna like does like a lot of like the more artsy games and stuff, or right. like games with like diverse perspectives and stuff like that. So, I mean, yep, like I've it it spun off from. There's like a film studio. I don't know if it's called Annapurna Pictures or if it's Annapurna whatever. Yeah. I think it's like, Interactive for the film yeah. division. Oh, yeah, for the film, yeah, um, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not sure, but I know like, what you're talking about I, the film division. I think actually like filed for bankruptcy. Like I, I don't know if that's if might have been a couple years ago already, maybe even a little bit longer. Mm. So like it's funny to think about how like we're constantly hearing about how great their video games are, and I, I don't know anything about their movies or if they're how often they're <laughs> yeah. putting out movies, like or if they're good. Or, if they're still I re- around, I remember seeing their their splash on on videos and stuff like on film, and okay. and thinking it's like like the the whole like A twenty four, right? Right, A24? that's what I was thinking of. Like yeah, a, yeah. It's like you um, see it and you know, like, oh, this is I'm in for a, a ride. 
but I feel like you know they they do choose a lot of these artsy games or like different games, but they're all very polished. Like I feel that's that's their, what their I'm saying. Edge. Like, yeah, it's like it's so so. I mean, technically these games are still indies, but they're not because Annapurna has published them. I, I guess you could call them like an indie publisher, which doesn't make sense, but it does. Well, <laughs> like, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Like, ha- had these studios not had working with them. Right, right, exactly. So, but, but, man, they just, they just have a knack for finding like, like just like great talent, and uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited for for their future and what they have. And for anyone who doesn't know, they are the ones that are doing the Lost Wild, or not, they're not doing it, but they're publishing the Lost Wild too, which yeah. is where that came from. Yeah, the games, the game itself has been floating around for. I forget, like at least half a year it's been floating in the ether, but now Annapurna is officially the publisher as of a couple days yep. ago. Yeah, <laughs> see, I, I hadn't even heard anything about it. The same with Exo Primal. Like, I didn't hear anything until I saw some beta gameplay, and then I was like, well, this looks bananas, and it looks like Monster Hunter just with like dino- dinosaurs. dinosaurs on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Like, maybe that game will be great. I don't know. It's just not something I've personally yeah. been following. Yeah. 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 That's not. I don't know that, that that's necessarily my kind of game, but it could could be fun. Yeah. Well, my, if you like my, dinos, you can get your T Rex on in both places. There you that's go. Right. There you go. <laughs> what were you gonna say, John? No, I like that. I'm gonna. Oh. We're, we're gonna stick with that. That's the end of the pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before. Before we finish, Greg, y- you forgot the most important topic of the night, dude. God, there's <laughs> what? There's a little game that came out recently <laughs> called War Gods Zeus of Child. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, that's our show for tonight. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, oh Mary. <laughs> <laughs> is it really a game? What what the hell is this? No, yeah, yes, Eric no, bought it's a game. Yeah, yeah, Eric bought it. Eric bought it. It's a scam. It, so it but out, it's a scam it. game. Oh, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Kratos. It's it's this. So apparently, guess, the best part is he bought it. Uh, you can buy it on Xbox. It's a it's a direct ripoff. It's Kratos. But the best part is is it's Fort Fortnite's model of Kratos in this game. They literally just took the Fortnite model of Kratos and put it in this game. Good god. And you fight you fight uh I think it's Tyrant from Resident Evil, like hordes of Tyrant and just like, Oh my god. What? How did this pass quality like for them to, for them to put this on the Xbox store? I'll never understand and how it's still there, I will never understand, but it's amazing and I want to give them my four dollars just because it's so absurd. <laughs> yeah, if Eric you're says the game doesn't listener, even have audio. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It yeah, has no audio. I watched some of it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. If you're an audio <laughs> listener of the podcast, you're going to miss out on this this visual extravaganza that is about oh, to come it's... on screen. It is Man. a a a beautiful artistically it's... done piece of garbage <laughs> it, it's, ins- <laughs> it, w- it's when i saw this earlier and i gotta shout out eric because apparently he told us last night about it and i was yeah. in the middle of watching again better call Saul, so i didn't pay attention <laughs> but when i saw it today like i was laughing so hard like how did this pass 
into being able to to, to go onto like a, a, the the Xbox store or I think it's on Steam as well. Like, oh, oh here God. it goes. It's, it's yeah. hilarious. There it is. There it is. There he oh, is. Boy. <laughs> Look at him. Yeah, there we go. It's literally oh, my Fortnite's boy. model. That's the best part. <laughs> Man, like this game just feels like like a threat to your personal well-being. Like you yeah, play I, this and I, I, <laughs> quality of life just tanks. I, I feel like I would go to jail just for purchasing it. Like it, there, it can't be. How is You're going to end up on a list of some sort. <laughs> yeah. Right. God oh, of man. warning. Lose five oh, years wow. of your life. Yeah. Press A to confirm. Oh, oh my man. God. Oh, oh Oh, look at oh! that! He's moonwalking. Yeah. Just, oh man, it's so smooth. And sliding around, sliding across. And space. apparently, the apparently the only enemy you fight is I think that's Tyrant from Resident Evil, right? And that's you just fight hordes of him over and over. That's all. That's all the game is. <laughs> but yeah, man. no audio. It's like uh, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. That's it's amazing. Thing. We need more of this. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like. That's 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 like the the biggest thing for me is how did it get through to like being the little bimble wobble? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> just walk through the walls. <laughs> it's great. Anyways, yeah. wow. Uh, All right, that's magic. Well, we I can finally it's just... put the show to rest now because we have seen <laughs> Kratos. We have seen War Gods, Tyrant. Zeus of Child. <laughs> Zeus of Child. The title. Ten out oh of ten. <laughs> so good. Uh, uh, oh man, Mary. If people want to track you down on the internet, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me over on the Destructoid Show, over on TikTok, and here every Tuesday on the podcast. And you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. Mary wants a cookie. And John, what about you? If people want to know more about you, where can they go to find you? I guess you could like come to my house and ask me. <laughs> well, John, what's your favorite color? It, people? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, so you can catch me writing stuff at the Escapist. Uh, as I mentioned, in a few weeks, I'll probably be reviewing Soul Hackers. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. And I'm uh, making an indie game called Boss Saga. You can go to boss-saga.com, as Greg so helpfully reminded everybody at the top of the show. And uh, it's a game where you can play as the RPG bosses to defeat the heroes. So uh, when that releases in 2055, I hope you guys will enjoy it. Hopefully we'll still be alive. <laughs> and then I'll ask you a little about yourself by showing up to your house. <laughs> but one thing I will say about you, John... You smell different when you sleep. <laughs> that's what I well, hear. After Pokemon <laughs> sleep, dude, that's going to change. <laughs> and Brett, what about you? If people want to know more about you or find you on social media, where can they go? Well, I don't know about on social media, but they can find me at home playing War God Zeus of Child on my Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter, B underscore Lars 24. Excellent. And if you want to watch me play the same game every week, I stream Apex Legends uh, over on Twitch and on YouTube uh, at Dynamite underscore Giraffe on Twitch, at Dynamite underscore Giraffe on YouTube, and as well as here on TikTok. Um, same name. Um, you can find my byline sometimes over on PC Invasion. And as well, 
the podcast. Um, you know, if you could find us on any one of the podcast services where you get your normal podcasts, uh, you can find Spot Dodge, a live Nintendo podcast over there. Please give us five stars. We're begging for it. Not really, but you can find us there. Follow us on Twitch or TikTok and follow Destructoid uh, for more updates from them as well as Snapchat. Um, Mary, if you want to talk about the show over on Snapchat, how often you guys update and everything like that, because <laughs> I do not know. Yeah, Brett does this spiel. It's three times a week over on Snapchat, uh, and then it's daily over on the Destructoid TikTok, which is kind of just wow. a nice, shorter, more condensed version of the Snapchat. Uh, but we also do a bunch of fun extra things over on TikTok um, as well. So the TikTok is definitely the cool kid place. That is yeah. the cool kid place. <laughs> well, that's our show for tonight. I look forward to next week hearing more about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. And maybe uh, Mary will share some of her experience playing Live Alive because we didn't get to get, get to that tonight. Okay. But uh, <laughs> thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next Tuesday, 6 p.m. CST, right here. See ya. Bye. Bye.